is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. I, yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us once again today for the podcast. Let's talk with Mike Grimm, the voice of the Golden Gophers. We talk with him on the podcast on these Thursdays. And uh, Grimmer, there's some activity in the Gopher men's basketball uh, workout facility as uh, they have some summer workouts going on uh, right now with coach uh, Ben Johnson. Have you had a chance to talk with the coach or any of the players you've been around that at all this week? Yeah, yesterday I actually got a chance to go in there. They had a little media uh, gathering and mm-hmm. so there were several several of us that got to talk to Ben a little bit just to get um, his thought. They're in the middle now uh, of about week two. They the guys got back and started summer school, and that's always a, the uh, start of summer workouts. And then it's also an important time because the newcomers um, all report at that time. So the freshmen, the transfers, and then it gives them some time. Now they're they're still limited to the number of hours they can practice with a coach in the summer. They just get a couple of hours. Um, and then um, they can do uh, be around the strength and conditioning coach as much as they want. And I'm, you know, I'm sure they all have programs and mm-hmm. getting uh, getting what they need to get done, whether it's you know getting faster and stronger and quicker and all that stuff. Um, and so yeah, they're basically just kind of going through some of that stuff, taking their summer classes and um, and trying to get better uh, as ball players. Ben sounded uh, optimistic. You know, they're coming off of a year they're nine and twenty two. Um, not a great record. They had that, whatever it was, was it a 12 or 13 game losing streak at one point in that pretty rugged Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so there, there's there's some you know in in Ben's mind there's some benefit here uh, that those guys kind of went through some struggles as young guys. There were three freshmen on that team that played significant minutes that have been through the wars. They're going to be the most seasoned sophomores. Um, you know, in terms of a group. Now, there were certainly individual freshmen who played more minutes per game, but as a group, uh, Minnesota had the most freshman minutes in the Big Ten last year. So they're going to have an experienced group. Now the question is, you know, what kind of jump can they make from year one to year two? And then obviously the other question is, how good can these newcomers be, whether it's transfers or or freshmen, because they're they're also going to have to have a say in this if they want to be better. With the new transfer rules, one free transfer to any school, uh, even within the Big Ten, which is what happened with Jamison Battle as he went to uh, Ohio State, uh, does recruiting ever end now in college basketball? I mean, is there a dead period? We we hear about transfers and everything all the time, it seems like. Yeah, there are, there are some dead periods, um, but not many. And it's mm. the same with, with football. And, you know, those are the sports we hear the most about, but other sports as well, they um, and there's no doubt they're they're at a point now where where Ben Johnson and PJ Fleck and um, whoever else um, you know you're you're recruiting every single day not just recruiting for uh, new players high schoolers or transfers but you're recruiting your own team now at times to stay right because yep. you're always there's always a chance that they could leave so um, I do think that the that this and the name image and likeness and 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 um, you know this changing landscape, it it um, is distasteful to some because it's just so so different. Um, I'm I'm okay with you know I, I I wish there were an easier way or a better way, but but I, you know I'm okay with the student athlete getting paid. I'm okay with the student athlete getting the one transfer. 
um, it does create some some challenges. Um, and you know, look, these coaches are making big money, so they can they can deal with some headaches. But that said, I, I think long long term, I, I think this probably is going to shorten the lifespan of some coaches. Oh, sure. uh, I think some, you know, some coach. You know, I, I don't know if coaches are going to be able to handle this rat race for twenty five or thirty years. You know, um, I, I just, I, it, it, uh, you know, look, it's, it's. Uh, there are harder jobs. There are certainly more important jobs. Uh, but, but just in terms of stress and pressure and public, uh, you know, the public having a say in uh, about what you're doing and how you're doing it all the time, and players threatening to transfer and you're trying to find new kids and and it's it does it's a long it's a long year and it's a daily grind you even and then when you're on vacation pj's talked about this i think you i think it was some one maybe last year he talked about you know he he and heather and his wife they they were able in one of the weeks where they there's there's and the thing is you get a few days here that's a dark period so you can't you know you can't contact recruits they can't contact you okay let's take advantage i think they went to mexico or something just for a couple of days and he's like um he was getting in trouble because he's like on a beach on a cell phone still right. you know you still you're still in touch with the office you're still you know and um, for some of us um if we get to go on vacation we can pretty much mostly dis- disconnect um but even coaches are you know and some of it's brought upon themselves because they're coaches are weirdos usually you know in terms of how they um that they're obsessed i mean that the really good ones are obsessed and they um they probably bring some of it upon themselves like do you really have to be on the beach texting or calling somebody or checking in with the office? Probably not, but coaches are just that way sometimes. Yeah, you know, and unfortunately it's almost a needed part of the job is for them to be workaholics and to be willing to pick up the phone uh, no matter the time of day or night uh, to talk about the gig. I mean, if you have a coach who, you know, goes off to Mexico for a week or 10 days and doesn't reach out to anybody... you know, some people might say, how committed is he really? So it is kind of a double-edged sword for him. Yeah, it, it, you know, and Patino had this this um, internal struggle a lot because he had young kids, right? Mm-hmm. How much time do you want to spend with young kids? And Patino had this unique um, perspective that, you know, his dad, um, now him, him and his dad are very tight, they're very close, they talk all the time, but Patino um, was also never shy about saying, hey, you know, my dad was never around. You know, he's always out recruiting. He's always on the road. He's got this going on. And so Richard had this internal struggle. You know, you got young kids um, and, okay, gosh, I should be out watching a basketball game, a high school game tonight, but I got my kids here. So I think I'm going to skip the high school game. And I'm not saying he did that. I'm just saying those are the struggles you go through. Or, okay, um, I should probably grind out another two hours at work here making recruiting calls or breaking down film for game plans, but my kids are getting home from school, you know? And so where's that line? And I don't know if, if, um, if you saw it, but the James Freeman, uh, the head coach at Notre Dame football coach, young guy, uh, has kids. Um, and he was on with Ryan Clark on a podcast, the former Steelers guy who's, who really has some yep. thoughtful stuff. I've, I've, I've become a big fan of Ryan Clark just mm-hmm. in some of the, ways he goes about uh, covering stuff and uh, it was this week and i just happened to be thumbing through my twitter timeline and they played a clip out of it about that exact thing and he he was pretty candid in it he's like no he's like if you want to be a great division one head coach you're not going to win father of the year you're just not he's like you're going to have to do the best you can and then he went through this pretty cool explanation about 
he called it a blend, and he talked about how, um, you know, uh, a couple times a week he uh, has his wife bring the kids to campus. Mm-hmm. They live ten, He said, we live 10 minutes from the stadium, from the office, and they hang out and they watch practice, and they're uh, moving around the office. And he said that not only is it good for him just to see him and them to see him, but he's like it's also important for many of his players to see that family's important as well. And PJ has that. Heather's at practice all the time, um, you know, and and he's talked about that. So, yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's an interesting situation in terms of the demands of the job for sure. Yeah, that's right. So battle is gone, but uh, Farrell Payne, Braden Carrington, Joshua Olo, Joseph Dawson, Garcia. Uh, they all stayed uh, despite all the struggles last year, so they're committed to the program. Uh, that's good to see. It seems like these days now, you know, we've been talking about this, of course, you announce the guys that stay with your team. Hey, it's almost like yeah. a recruit. You announce that, yes, uh, Dawson Garcia is going to stay with us another year. Uh, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's almost like you're bringing in a new recruit just because your guy decides to play for you for two years. No question. And Ben even talked about that a little bit yesterday. He was asked about Jamison Battle leaving and, mm-hmm. um, you know, NIL and all that stuff. And I, I'm kind of worn out by the whole thing, frankly, just in terms of what, what coaches think, because it just is what it is. They, yeah. you know, what are they going to say? But that said, uh, Ben did have an interesting uh, answer in that uh, just what you said, you know, uh, we, we, okay, you lost a couple. You lost uh, um, Henley, who went to DePaul. You lost Battle, who goes to Ohio State. But the rest of them, as you mentioned, and you made a good point, they they, they won nine games. So yeah. it, it, the easy thing might be to, to hey, we're, we're hitting the road here. And they got guys to stay. And then <clears throat> an underrated part, and I, and I had kind of thought about this, but not really. I Actually, I was the guy that asked Ben about it. Uh-huh. The um, the idea, you know, for Ben now, this is, you know, remember he had a whole new team his first year. And because of how he recruited that first team that they were mostly old grad transfers, right? He had basically an entire new team the second year. And so this will be, you think about this, a coach going into his third year as a Division I head coach. Um, This will be the first time where he has a bunch of guys returning. And just from a coaching standpoint, he now knows what he has a little bit into the sense that he knows what he can expect from Garcia. He knows what Dawson's strengths are. Maybe his weaknesses a little bit. Okay, we, we want to ask him to do this, but let's shy away from this. Uh, Carrington the same way. Ola Joseph the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Pharrell Payne certainly. Um, and, and then you see, can see him grow as well. Where And then they also can help uh, because they understand what the expectations are from you know, what a normal practice looks like, what, you know, a day looks like, all that to help the, the new guys catch on a little quicker. And so that part of it, um, I think the way he phrased it, Todd, was he said something like, you know, when you get a whole new team, he's like, you know, I watch them on film and I think I know, but you really don't know until they're practicing every day and yeah. then they're playing in games. And that's like, okay, here's how we need to utilize this guy. Sometimes that might take, a, you know, a third of the way through the season. And the good news for this group, one, they, you know, look, they have to get better. There's no doubt they can't sit through another nine-win season. You hope progress is made. But the, the good news for this uh, part of it is the coaching staff has a good handle now on and a good data, you know, base of data on each of these guys and what they do well. Um, and even like just in summer workouts, it's like, okay, well, here, here's what you need to work on. Where you get a transfer in, you're, you, you watch him on film, but do you really know, okay, here's the skill set we really need to help this guy with this summer. 
And um, so at least with those returners, there's going to be some comfort there, I think, that they uh, they, they know how to utilize those guys. Yeah. Uh, one guy who seems like kind of a ghost, we heard about him being recruited a, a couple of years back, but he hasn't been able to get on the court because of uh, knee injuries is Parker Fox. Uh, I remember when he was, what, transferred from South Dakota State? And uh, they were excited about him, but unfortunately he's been hurt the whole time. And then Isaiah Enan, another guy uh, who injured all year. We didn't see him last year. So if those guys can come back and healthy, there's a little more depth and, and veteran depth to the program. Yeah, and, and that that is an underrated part of some of the struggles that this program has had is that you have two scholarship players that you were counting on some pretty significant minutes. I, I believe the last two years, Parker Fox would have been a starter on this mm-hmm. team probably, and he uh, just hasn't been able to play. Now, I don't think he'll be a starter this year just because of the way the personnel works. I think he'll be able to come off the bench. He actually um, transferred. It was from Northern State ah, Division Two school. I knew it was um, South Dakota North- somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and um, with Northern State, they played in the Division Two Final Four with him. He won a couple of different Division Two National Player of the Year awards and. I know people are always like, well, gosh, going from D1 or from D2 to D1. There have been a few guys that have made that transition very well, but Parker is so athletic. This was pre-knee injury. Um, look, when he when he entered the portal, he had offers from Creighton, Ohio State, Minnesota, Iowa, TCU. I mean, this you know, and so um, when you got that kind of offer list, coaches aren't just going to willy-nilly offer a D2 kid unless they think his game's going to transfer and. And I think that the thought was his was going to transfer. Now he's injured both knees. His game was based on quick hops up off the floor. Um, just watching a little film, this is this is really a stretch on my part. I'm just trying to help uh, say what kind of style he is. He's not really a three-point shooter. He's 6'9", um, but he can run and jump. He, he reminds me of, uh, again, this isn't a great comparison, but maybe like of a Murphy where Jordan Murphy got, you know, a lot of his points just because he was the quickest guy off the floor and he was willing to rebound. I mean, he had, you know, Jordan had a lot of points off of uh, 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 offensive rebounds uh, or positioning, uh, you know, posting up. And I think that's kind of what what Fox's style will be. He'll play a four and a five. And if if both knees are back to full health, and we, you know, with modern medicine now, um it, it, it's it's pretty amazing. Guys come back as good as ever from yeah. knee injuries. It used to be, you know, 25 years ago and certainly 30 and 40 years ago, if you blew out an ACL, um, that, you were pretty much done. I mean, yeah. you just would lose. You, you lost a step, um, you know, and now that's just not the case. I mean, guys come back as strong as ever, and um, it seems like we have more. Uh, ben Johnson and I were actually talking about this after the media scrum yesterday. We were just, I was just kind of hanging out, and um, we were talking about a different situation, but with injuries, and he's like, it just seems like more guys get hurt now, and it's which is a little weird because never in the history of athletics have guys been more finely trained by professionals than right now. Right, you have these world class facilities, world class trainers. And yet there's more injuries. And I wonder, one, probably the diagnostic part of it is easier to diagnose these injuries. But two, um, that's a lot of strain you put on your body if you're lifting weights every yeah. every day. And you just wonder if that's part of it, too. And who knows? I think in 25 or 30 years there will be some studies that will come out and say, yeah, the, um, they definitely got stronger and faster and bigger. 
but the strain on the body, you know, uh, you know, with with lifting weights, lifting that amount of weight on these joints, um, maybe created that. And I'm no, I'm not a professional. That's just my own speculation. I sit around. I'm 52, Todd, mm-hmm. and now I'm at the age that I have friends who um, are getting knee and hip replacements. Yeah, me too. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, see. You ran 30 miles a week. I sat around on the TV. You now need a new leg, and I'm I'm still in pretty good shape with my knees and knock on wood and my hips. You know, right. that's why I just sat and lazy. I didn't I didn't want to put that kind of strain on my hip, you know, yeah. or my knees. And um, no, I actually one of our really good friends. Uh, she was uh, a marathon runner, and uh, and yeah, she has now. Uh, I think both knees have been replaced in the last couple of years, and she's about our age but i joke with her a little bit you got to be a little careful but i'm like you know all those miles and i do think there's some truth to it yeah the human body probably those knees aren't not supposed to run 50 miles a week on human knees so i feel feel good about i feel good about how lazy i've been in my 52 years yeah i've preserved nicely as well Uh, it's hard to hard to imagine (laughs) uh hey how does how does the you wind up with a guy from lithuania they announced a a son in Christopas Kinas is that that I get close at least? We don't. We we have no idea okay. how to pronounce his name yet. Um, and and technically they can't. Ben couldn't talk about him yet because oh. he hasn't signed. So okay. he's only committed. Um, and so we don't know much about him. But um, look, there's been some really good kids come out of Lithuania. Yep. Hopefully, this is one of them. I um, uh, I have a. I remember I did. I was not living in Minnesota at the time. But um, my wife is from here, so we would come and visit often. And, and mm-hmm. we're here some winter night. I'm listening to the Timberwolves on the radio, and Kevin Harlan's doing the game. So that'll tell you how long ago it was. That's a while. And, the, and, and so a buddy and I have talked about this over the years because uh, he happened to be listening that night as well. And um, remember Sharunas Marshall Lonis. Yep. At the time, I think he played for Golden State. He's like a 6'5 wing yep. left-hander. And um, they're playing the Wolves, and Harlan, in his great classic fashion, is making the call. And I'll do my terrible Kevin Harlan impersonation, but he says, uh, you know, he's like, uh, he, uh, Sharunas has it on the right wing, drives into the lane, shot up, it's good, look at that little Lithuanian go. <laughs> and, and so my buddy also happened to hear it, and we had, we've joked about that, honestly. I'm not kidding, you know, uh, for, since. For, that has to be 30 years ago or close, 25 years ago. And so I texted him yesterday, and I said, hey, I might break out the Kevin Harlan line. I there mean, you this go. Guy's not little, but uh, yeah. we got a Lithuanian, and I can I can uh, I can uh, steal the line from Harlan and say, "Look at that little Lithuanian go," which was like an all-time uh, call. You know? <laughs> That's right. Or the, you could you could call him the lithe Lithuanian since he's yeah, not really yeah, very exactly. little. Yeah, Grimmer, exactly. thanks so much. Have a great weekend. You got it. Always enjoy it, Todd. Thank you, Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.